Well, last year, the program Aotearoa New Zealand's Histories, or Te Takanga o Te Wā, was introduced into schools in Kura. Many have criticised the insufficient place of New Zealand history in school curricula. Now, painter Louis Richard Lua is a Kirikiriroa Hamilton born and raised, but he's now Melbourne-based. And when it comes to learning about our history at school, Lua feels in the 1980s he wasn't so lucky. So, as a painter who's often dealt with real-life stories and difficult subjects, he decided to tackle a topic central to where he grew up, the Waikato Wars of the 1860s. Known for his visual storytelling, Lua has exhibited widely in Australia and Aotearoa. He's previously won the Paul Guest Prize for Drawing, the Blake Prize for Religious Art, and the Basil Sellers Art Prize, and he joins me now. Kia ora, Richard. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Uh, on a blackboard in your current show at the New Zealand Portrait Gallery, there are the words, Lua continually falls off his chair in class. <laughs> uh, it's a series of works on, on blackboards that you've done um, referencing what you did learn at school, or, or at least subjects. Lua continually falls off his chair in class. Tell us, where does that come from? Um, it actually comes from a report card. So it's my school report card. And, you know, like I was always trying to balance on my on one leg. So I was often falling <laughs> Where off. Where were we all? <laughs> <laughs> I know when I, got it, when I got the report, Dad said, what the hell do they mean by you always falling off your chair? <laughs> but, you know, like I, I, I think it's hilarious that, yeah, that report card had that. So it was those little chalkboards were cool little sort of notations of things happening, not just at school, but at the time I was making the body what? walk. When, and what what time were you at school? When when are we talking? Um, like eighties, um, early eighties. Mm. Um, so that was you know I, I think th- that particular chalkboard was for my third form. So I right. was doing what I don't know fourteen something like that. I mean another one has stopped the tour. Yeah, which sounds clearly connected to nineteen eighty one, and that yep. reminds me of Hamilton, of course. Big test in Hamilton. Absolutely, big yep. battle, big, big huge big battle. Yeah, absolutely, and it was such an important time in Hamilton. I was the ball boy on one of the curtain raiser uh, games over the really? back. Yeah, so I uh, and we were just down the road. We lived down the road from it, so it was a big impact of, of our lives. Um, so I just wanted to have these notations of what extreme events happened in New Zealand with those chalkboards, but also current things like there's a there's a chalkboard called Yes, and that was about the referendum that was what three or four months ago in Australia. I was going to ask you about it. Yeah, the vo- the voice, the voice. Yeah, and in a way that's like the whole body of works about the Kingi Tanga having a voice um, to New Zealand, and a similar thing happened four a month four months ago. Well, in Australia. I, I wondered whether that referendum in Australia, you're based in Melbourne, had any impact on you know giving you impetus for this work. Yeah, well, definitely, like, the, the yes work, you know, like, I guess in a way the work has been made over sort of a year and a half, so it was before the referendum. Yeah. But I definitely wanted to have that work up because it kind of talks about what happened in 18, uh, 1860s here and then in Australia it's like now, right now, and it didn't get passed. So you you grew up in the Waikato, uh, is that, to use the word, your whakapapa? I mean, does yeah, it go back? How, far, how far does your family go back in the Waikato? Um, so, like, I was born in the Waikato. My, my father's born in Taumuru, mum in Hamilton. Um, so it's, you know, like, I wanted to sort of, I don't know, re, uh, relearn my history. Like, I remember I went to Elam, so I uh, travelled the State Highway 1 so many times. It's in Auckland, the, the fine a, arts school, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, I stopped at the Rangareri pub so many times, and I <laughs> had no idea of the history, absolutely no idea of the land. And, uh, you know, like, it's embarrassing and it's shameful. And it wasn't until 
really COVID time, I one of my assistants I was working with, you know, he's a young Maori sculptor, and I was sort of saying, you know, God, I, you know, I just know nothing about it. And he just said, why don't you actually start learning? And I thought, take responsibility. You know, like it's, it's we had time, I guess, in a way as well. It was a kind of quiet time over COVID. Oh, right, yes. And I sort of just got embedded into to learning. And, uh, you know, like, so that re- really lit the fire. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really interesting. Um, you have, amongst the other things in the show, other than an incredible series of history paintings, as it were, you've got a large flag. And I say large flag. Is that the largest flag you can buy? Um, it's well, one of those yes. really big ones. It was actually like you I got it. airports or something. <laughs> it was like I got actually got it made for this. So like the, the person that oh, made it. Oh, you got it, it made? Made, yes, yeah. Like because I knew the size of the ward, so it's eight metres by four metres. Okay, so it's a New Zealand flag and on it you have painted the words in large, to have a future I must reconcile with my, in caps, the word my in caps past. To have a future I must reconcile with my past. Your past. Why is it your past? Uh, well, the whole text came about, I had a conversation with a man called Tom Rower at the Waikato University. And he sort of was instrumental in me learning about the history of, of Waikato and the wars. And it was a conversation like, he was an incredible man. He is an incredible man. And he just talked about reconciling things and actually taking responsibility and learning your past in order to carry on for the future. So the text, text really came from him. Yeah. And, I, and in a way, I, you know, like... I got a lot of flack and a lot of stick for actually doing this body of work. You know, it was kind of like, don't you tell someone else's story. Who, who, who did you get the flack from? Oh, no names, no names. No, but, no names needed. But no, but it's kind of like people were not so happy that um, I would tell a story that wasn't mine, whereas I kind of thought yeah. it was partly mine because I grown, grew up in Hamilton. It was about learning my own, uh, you know, sordid past and I had to do it. As an artist, sometimes you go, I've got to go down this way. And I stopped a few times along the way and sort of thought, mm, is this, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, am I going to upset a lot of people? Um, and then David, my gallerist from Sweet, was super supportive. And he sort of helped me carry on. And we um, set up some meetings with Vincent O'Malley, was great, in Wellington. Yes, and I came, historian. And, mm. Yeah, historian. And then Tom Rower. So that gave me the incentive and the strength to carry on with the with the work so that but that text on the flag up until Monday uh, about three o'clock <laughs> it wasn't going to be allowed up seriously seriously what so, by the gallery uh, no by the Ministry of uh, Culture and Heritage so what? so you had to get permission to use the flag absolutely because it was dishonoring uh, the flag uh, but there's also another thing called free speech so it would have been quite problematic to sort of cancel it um, so I, I guess in a way it was a kind of too hard basket because people would be up in arms if you couldn't do that. I mean, I'm not dishonouring the flag at all. It's a text that will get people thinking, talking, and I think it's quite a positive sort of statement on the, on the flag. To have a future I must reconcile with my past. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is really interesting hearing you talking about being there in Australia with the referendum there, where the word reconciliation, you hear a lot more. A lot, we we yeah. hear it less here. But, I mean, it does feel often, I often feel when I travel through parts of the country, I often feel in Taranaki this, a certain amount of darkness, that there is still, 
And this, uh, I, I touch on this actually, Richard, because you, your painting over the years has dealt a lot with darkness and 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 violence in the past, and even New Zealand um, tragedies that have happened, yep. like the Tangiwa around, all these things. And you know, when you travel through the country and you come to these sites uh, of things that happened a long time ago, you can almost feel it, right? Absolutely. And I, I think you know they are tragic events, but in a way they they shape us. That's who we are. Right. And I kind of like, yeah, they are dark times, but I'm kind of drawn to that. And that that, that I'm fascinated by that. You know, like the Erebus and things like that, I, or the sinking of the Rainbow Warrior. These are these are monumental times that I sort of try to document and to try to to figure out as well. Um, so I've, I mean, I've carried on making that sort of work for a very long time. But it sounds like you, you're very careful, at least, to make it about your personal journey. Yeah, I mean, and I, yeah. I think kind of you don't want to be like I mean, an ambulance chaser. And I, some people, you know, give me grief about that, or friends that know me well. They kind of go, "Oh God, why are you telling that story?" But then it's also uh, important for me to sort of like a series of paintings that I made about my own disasters. So you put it into a, like a autobiographical <laughs> nature and they're humorous as well. And I think because they're so dark, you've got to have that balance that some of them have to be definitely humorous. Have you had comeback? I mean, like, you know, you've done work on violent crimes and there's, there's family involved and there's communities yeah. involved. Um, you know, have I, I, you, you ever had comeback? Um, some communities? strange things like the, even the crew murders in the Waikato, oh. um, it, it was the babysitter of the baby that was left in the house. So there's been connections. So once you do these works, they definitely they're real stories. People are involved, families, and you you can't forget that. Like I did a, a body of work on the Snowtown murders in Australia, which oh. were probably the most gruesome murders there. Where were they? They were in Snowtown in Adelaide. Um, and they, you know, the body bodies in the barrels. That's what they were called, oh. and it was so gruesome. But their lawyer, who's an art collector in Adelaide, showed me the photos. This is after it happened. And he said, I want you to actually realise what you're talking about, these real things. And that shook me to my core, really. It was kind of yeah. like, you can't be so dismissive of just going, oh, it's just art. You know, it's just something I sort of play with. You actually, you know, it's, these, these things, things are real. So do you reach out to the families then? Um, if I need to, I've done an animation on John Pat, who has um, killed one of the deaths in custody, Indigenous uh, people. And to tell his story, I, I needed to go to Roeburn, which was a small place in the outback of, in Australia, and actually reach out to the family and make sure it was okay. So absolutely, when I can and when I, I need to, um, absolutely, because I think it's really mm. important that you get their perspective, but also their um, kind of blessing to, to do that. Um, this series of works um, on the Waikato Wars or, or your your reconciliation, I mean, so this, we've talked about the flag and the, mm. the blackboard works, but the, the main suite of paintings there, which are, are fantastic, all of the figures are shadows. Yeah, I... <laughs> It was funny because... So George I, Gray, King Tafio? Yeah, Tafio, yeah. I wanted not to have detail because I didn't want... I felt uncomfortable sort of doing facial tattoos or other sort of elements yeah. that made those people. I don't, I don't know enough. And that was kind of interesting because at the start of making the series, I thought, oh, this is the way it'll go. But actually, it turned out completely different. And, that, and I kind of worked with more silhouettes or the ideas of figures and that, you know, playing with the idea of that white and bl black, the dark and the light Yeah, as well. yeah, I quite like that. And, and the, the, the darkness of, of them as well. And was there any sense of being able to reach out to, to 
you know, f- family and, and ancestors for these works? No, I, I kind of what I came I came back up to New Zealand and retraced and and gathered as much as I can and met as many people as I, I could yeah. for that for that very reason. Um, and like I said, it was a really complicated, tricky series to make because the last thing I want to do is upset anyone. But then as an artist, I've got to understand what I'm trying to do. And through my art, I, I do that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how the show goes. It's really interesting also reading your descriptions that go with them of your your sort of experience of, you know, reconciliation or, or trying to work out, yeah, just your discovery of, of things. I mean, you know, the and the violence is quite shocking there, that the words, words allow something that paint doesn't. Like I'm thinking yeah. around... When I see you describe uh, an assault that involved women and children being mm. killed, I mean, I thought of Gaza. Mm. And I, I thought of just, you know, how, again, this shock that we don't really think about what's happened on our own doorstep in terms no. of the way we've treated people. Absolutely. And that Janine, the, the portraiture uh, director, she was really good because she thought that that would be a really good thing is to have a more of a written description of these mm. things. So it's kind of like a documentation of or education thing of what had occurred because sometimes, yeah, the paint doesn't allow to tell that whole story. And I think that the whole story sort of outweighs you know, everything, I want the story to be told. But, I mean, you know, we, we're we surrounded by moving image, right? What do you mm. think that painting does that moving image um, doesn't? For a minute, you know, you stop with it. You've got to sort of digest it in another way. You've got to allow time um, to come over and actually, yeah, t- take that time, in essence, to sort of read the painting and mm. see what the person's trying to say and do. And it's like someone said last night, these, these paintings are so colourful. And it's kind of almost like a dichotomy because they are really colourful, but they're stains. So it's kind of like the way that I've made them is on the reverse side of the canvas on a table. So there's no gravity. These are stains. So it's, ah. like, so it's like a stain on, on... What do you mean on the reverse? So it's like non-primed surface. So ah. it's so it, it actually, once it goes down, it stays down. And it, I, I've got no control over it. it. It's a complete stain. You work a lot on sort of foul materials or like billiard tables and all yeah. sorts of other materials. Yep. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. <laughs> A struggle, but it's like I might have done each painting, I don't know, uh, 10 times, and then you you rip it up, you, you start yeah. again. It's a real um, slog. It's a real physical sort of battle that goes on in the painting. I wanted to, before we finish, ask you about a work that's at the new Sydney Modern Gallery in, in Sydney, um, obviously, which is a remarkable gallery, and it's almost remarkable also for the number of New Zealand artists who, who, whose work is there. But you were commissioned to, to create a very large nine-panel work, which is portraiture of some of the... Con, what, the, the con, well, maybe you could tell us about it, yeah, the construction I, of the gallery. I got sort of asked a while ago now um, if I would make a work for the new modern, the Sydney modern, and they just said, what, what would you like to do? And I, I thought about it for ages, and I thought, you know what? I'd like to sort of document the workers, the people that, you know, are sort of in the background, the cleaners, the electricians, the plumbers, the, you know, the crane drivers, all of these things. So I called it on site. So I was going to be the artist actually on the working site. Um, then COVID hit, so it was really <laughs> bloody hard to kind of stay there. So I actually had to go up maybe half a dozen times for little blocks, but I'd actually go onto the work site. I had, you know, I had to do a few inductions and certificates and it was quite cool that, you know, they go, oh, what's this artist doing? Well, (laughs) this is his job. And it was awesome to sort of meet the different people on site and what they did and then document that. And then that becomes the artwork. 
And at the opening, it was amazing. You had, you know, the lollipop person. You had the, you know, there's just all walks of life um, that were part of the portraiture that made up the painting. It's a remarkable thing in that we're used to familiar to seeing the patrons on the wall. Absolutely. Generally, you know, older, gentrified, uh, white people, Pākehā on it. But this is mostly Indigenous. And I was thinking there probably quite a few Māori and Pacific Island Absolutely. workers there. It was kind of interesting. Each sort of pocket, whether they're the Sparkies or the, you know, the plumbers or the inst- um, scaffold they all have their own sort of um, groupings, whether the the islanders, the Greeks, you know, or the Australians, you know. So it's kind of it was pretty fascinating. And as an artist, I just think you never get that um, I don't know that that chance to do that. So and the New South Wales Art Gallery are just incredible. The way that they nothing is too hard, and you sort of see the result. It's just an amazing gallery that yeah. they built. Well, you're one of the few painters, I think, there's a few of you, but only a clutch who've managed to live in Australia from New Zealand and make a career on both sides of of the the Tasman. Um, Will you ever come home? Oh, I love New Zealand, you know, like I love surfing and I love, you know, like things like that. So, I mean, never say never. I mean, I've been there now probably 26 years. I mean, the arts is really um, well supported and well funded. And that's the difference, I guess, of New Zealand and Australia. It's kind of like you get these big opportunities. And I guess in a way that's why many um, artists from New Zealand end up going overseas or to Australia um, but it's hard you know like New, Ze- New Zealand's a lot smaller but it's a fantastic place and I'm just wrapped to have you know been born here and had the experience I've had here. Well kia ora Richard and thank you for bringing this particular series of works back here um, so we can learn from it as well. Kia ora. Right. Pleasure thanks Mark.